Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus i'm a cover girl i'm a cover girl i'm a cover girl too because i use cover girl simply ageless liquid foundation america's number one anti-aging foundation brand simply ageless is skincare and makeup in one it instantly reduces the look of wrinkles and even skin tone with hyaluronic complex and vitamin c for plump skin and a healthy youthful glow so be a cover girl like me and me and get better skin at any age try simply ageless liquid foundation from easy breezy beautiful cover girl realizing your dog is missing can be scary you do everything you can to protect them after all they're family but a gate left open or a storm that damages your fence, it can happen to anyone. If your dog gets lost, a Washington County dog license provides a ticket home for your furry friend. Purchasing a license also supports other services for animals in your community. Go to WashingtonCountyDogLicense.com to buy or renew your license today. All right, welcome back on Africa Business Radio. I've still got Winston with me mm-hmm. in the studio. Hello, Winston. Hi, Rachel. How are you? you I'm right? good. I'm great. Mm-hmm. Especially now that we have uh, our guest uh, in the studio with Actually. us. You know, there was this trend on Twitter a couple of weeks ago about uh, how people would uh, put pictures of them before they left the country and <laughs> they'd be like... <laughs> Uh, before that, it was actually the snow pose and the snow challenge. You know. Yeah. And so it, it seems like on everybody's lips, especially young people, mm. you know, there are always plans of, oh, I need to leave the country, mm. oh, I need to get out of here and stuff like that. Well, that will be, uh, maybe it's going to be part of what we're going to talk about with our guest this right. morning. Uh, as at 2017 now, mm. the UN did a survey and it was, they found out that about 1.24 million migrants from Nigeria in the diaspora, you know, we had about 1.24 million Nigerians mm. who had already left the country, who right. were scattered about in other parts of the country. Mm. And in our conversation today, we're talking about uh, diaspora investment and, and national, national development. development. Right. Because right now, almost half of Nigerian adults, they've indicated that they want, they are willing and ready. Mm. No, willing, maybe not ready. <laughs> they are willing to leave the country in the next five years, in the next year, in the next two years. Mm. So, you know, how can the country leverage on these and, you know, maybe make money or ensure that, you know, somehow we're getting something out of these people leaving the country. Mm. Well, I've got Miss Aisha Adideji joining us now. She is a business digital engagement manager. Hello, Miss Aisha. Good morning and Hi, good to have Aisha. you here. Good morning. Nice to be here. Mm. Alright, so I, I'm 
women we've already talked about you know how a lot of us are very willing to get out of the country because we feel like things are way better I out mean for there. some people they just feel like that's the only way um, that's the best solution uh, some people have almost given up some people want greener pastures mm. however um, I think that you know we can't rule out the, the contributions of you know Nigerians in diaspora I mean we're looking at over 15, 15 million Nigerians in diaspora mm-hmm. and we're looking at an estimated annual remittance of 25 billion dollars so that's something mm-hmm. um, especially for a very struggling economy um, but however a lot of people just want to leave for personal reasons and because they feel like it's a better world out there mm. Right. So before we talk about you know whether or not it's good or bad mm. for the country to have so many persons living, mm. what let's talk about the role of diaspora to the national development now. Okay, so firstly, I think it's hilarious that mm. so many people want to leave the country when there's also a lot of diaspora who want to come back to mm. the country, kind yes. of me included, mm. and I think it's more people believe that it's greener on the other side when in mm. actual fact there's a lot of things that. As someone that was born and raised in the UK, mm. I've experienced that I would never experience here. Mm. One of them being racism. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so, I have no intention to kind of stay in the UK. Mm. I do want to oh, wow. go back to Nigeria. Right. Um, but that's that's another topic. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of kind of what the diaspora bring in terms of development, mm. I don't know. I have a bit of a skewed view because I do feel like things work in the Western world Mm. that don't tend to work here. So in terms of organisational behaviour, in terms of technology, in terms of way of thinking, in terms of like property knowledge and things like that, people that are abroad can come to Nigeria and bring the skills that they've learnt there. Mm. But my only real issue is the fact that I feel like in terms of development, it's development within the 1% of the Nigeria that is in the wealthier parts of Nigeria. Mm. In terms of the villages which is the 99% of Nigeria right. that you know you don't see when you're in Nikoyi and you're in Leki and you're right. in you know those parts yeah. Abuja, that there's no real development like a lot of people from the diaspora come they come in December mm. with this oh yeah I'm living my best life and I'm I'm in Nigeria mm-hmm. and it's, it's all grozy but there's so much more to Nigeria than just the rich part yes. or the bit that or just, everyone sees or just having fun at the clubs and stuff exactly right? and that's why me like I always make sure that when I do come it's not just here that mm. I would say it would be I would go to where my dad's from I'll go to where my mom's mm. from I would go to all the different villages because mm. you can't come here and say okay I'm investing in Nigeria where you're investing sure. Sure. <laughs> most people that do come back to Nigeria have this the easiest way, the easiest thing to invest in mm. is property mm. from abroad mm-hmm. because it's something that you'd have knowledge from in the UK and not that it's easy to do here I still feel like it's easier to do in the UK but it's something that is we know about whereas things like oil or anything else you need to kind of be on the ground to be able to understand how to invest in them because they're not they don't exist in the western world Mm. so a lot of people come they invest in property or they start their own businesses a lot of people struggle in the process and um, and a lot of the things that they bring are like technology so I know a lot of people um, that have come over have started cryptocurrency businesses they've started social media businesses mm-hmm. a lot of technology is what I'm what I'm seeing and I don't know if that's because it's easy to mm. do and it doesn't require a lot of capital right. um, whereas property does require capital but then if they do have the capital they tend to invest in property but mm. in terms of that I don't know how that's other than okay you're, you're contributing to the economy mm. okay but 
that's about it I don't really feel like there's much Mm. development Mm. or help from the diaspora from what I've seen from my experiences I could be wrong but from what I've seen I don't really see what people are doing to Mm. help the rest of Nigeria right the rest of Nigeria important and and this is interesting because I remember myself and Rachel having a conversation sometime last week and I said um, you know we just talk about Lagos and Potaka and Abuja and mm. maybe Enugu and a few other cities and we forget that there are many other cities in all of in the these country. states you understand <laughs> so in, in Edo State for example it's not just Benin there's thousands of other cities and the the closest to great development or you know some anything urban you'd see mm-hmm. will just most likely be in Benin and maybe one of the cities so what happens to all the other cities yeah. people are living there like mm-hmm. so these are Nigerians too so that's why I want to talk about development and you know how advanced we are Nigerians are far from it you understand and these are the Nigerians we should be talking about so we should stop seeing stuff from our lenses mm-hmm. so but however that brings me to the next question though um, yes Nigerians in diaspora could do a lot more uh, especially when it comes to investing so does it mean or is it because a lot of people don't like to come back home and all they do is just send money to a relative and say you know what start this project <laughs> start building this house or something um, if, if they came back home uh, and if they were on ground would there be more investments in like opening factories opening companies actually do matter do, doing like tech startups do they have to come back is that what the problem is um, I think it's that's a ge- generational question. So mm. in terms of like the older generation, so my parents, for example, mm. they gave up on Nigeria a long time ago. Right. That's kind of why they left. Right. And my parents specifically do not come to Nigeria very often. Oh, wow. Um, I think for me, so for example, I have siblings. One of them's never even been, and he's eighteen. Mm. Um, and I think that's more of a because my parents have just given up on the country. Mm. Whereas I'm curious, so I want to find out a bit more but in terms of being on the ground I mean even in terms of current affairs you you need to be here Mm. you need to be in Nigeria to understand how certain things work yes you can be abroad and say okay cool I'm gonna okay so for example um, my uh, I have some people that did a business here now my my parents are into property so in the UK they're very knowledgeable about how mortgages work and all that kind of stuff Mm. and I think they tried at one point to do stuff here and it kind of went wrong because people just stole a whole heap of money mm. and that's a, that's something that you hear very often people duping you stealing money and blah 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 mm. that doesn't really happen in the UK right. not as obviously as it does mm. here right. so you, I personally feel like you need to be on the ground mm. in order to make any change or in order to develop because it doesn't work like the UK whereas okay for example in the UK um, let's say the properties I have I don't there's, some, there's one man that mm. manages everything I don't like as in tenants don't even know mm. that it's me right. because you pay him a percentage he does everything right. and if anything goes wrong he's the one I can't trust mm. somebody to do the exact same in Nigeria mm. I can't especially if I'm not in Nigeria in the UK I don't like I don't even if I'm in Nigeria and there's business in the UK I'm not even thinking about it because I know somebody's handling it and I know there's laws in place that yeah, kind of system, yeah. yeah there's laws right. in place that protect me right. in case they do anything ridiculous mm. here <laughs> so that's in, a factor <laughs> in Nigeria it's not it's not that easy so I feel right. like in if you are going to make a genuine um if you want to make genuine change or mm. you actually want to do make some development yes. in that you need to be here, be here. Mm. because you're not even even in terms of understanding my understanding of Nigeria changes every time I'm in Nigeria okay 
and that's because I see things I don't normally see and that's from being in Lagos that's from being in Ibadan that's from being in it must like all various parts of Nigeria that mm. I've decided to gallivant myself mm-hmm. and go to <laughs> um, whereas I wouldn't have had that knowledge if you're just kind of stuck in mm. the UK and you're just sending money to somebody somewhere expecting them to do something they can, they can send you pictures of anything yeah, and then you get to Nigeria it. and there's you know, nothing something there. else right. yeah. right. I've seen that so many times yes absolutely it's happened to a lot of people mm. you know I'm really mm. impressed though because I, I feel like you're amongst like the 10% of people who are abroad but still want to just come home and see what's going on and yeah. maybe just I don't know do you have plans of you know coming here and just staying and maybe settling for good for or good for good up. for good I mean my long term plan is to be it's weird because a lot of my friends have been getting on to me about this whole you're mm. going to go to Nigeria and you're never going to come back <laughs> longer term yes like as in I mean, this is a bit morbid, but I don't plan to die in the UK. I, like, mm. I want to mm. be in Nigeria. Yeah. Mm, right. um, and I feel like that's just because it's it's my heritage. It's, mm. it's not, in terms of my experience, mm. it's not what I know, really, because I was born and raised in the UK. Mm. But I feel like I owe it to, I don't know, my grandparents or whoever, to be in Nigeria. So there are longer-term plans to come. But that's because... So the re- Okay, so the reason I even had that experience was in maybe five years ago... Um, I, so I used to play basketball completely off topic okay. and um, but my degree was in banking so I did like a placement year so I went to work in South Africa for a bit but then they were going through like a xenophobia phase right. thing so it became dangerous for me so then they were like you have two passports so do you want to go back to the UK mm-hmm. or do you want to go to Nigeria so I was like oh, do you know what let me, let me go back to Nigeria so I went to Nigeria and worked in Nigeria for a bit mm. that's where I experienced and that was the first time I'd gone to Nigeria by myself Right. that's the first time I'd experienced Nigeria as a Nigerian working mm. like and it's a whole different ball game to the whole coming in December doing enjoyment mm. and going back to mm-hmm, the UK mm-hmm, where things work mm-hmm. but it's also made me and again then seeing family who mm. are suffering mm. it's made me want to do more because right. I've seen like the downsides to Nigeria yes, and that's yes, my family hand, right. yeah my direct family direct cousins direct like mm. my dad's brothers so mm. um Longer term, yes, that, which is why I'm trying to kind of in the process of purchasing a property for mm. rental purposes. Okay. But yeah, it's difficult. And then even from a property perspective, I think the thing that bothers me a bit is I'm still working in pounds. Mm. So even like purchasing, let's say I purchase a property here before it's built and then I want to sell it. By the time I sold it, the Naira has depreciated so mm. much that I'm not even mm. getting the profit right. that I expect in pounds. Mm. So again, that mentality won't happen if I'm based in Nigeria. Yeah. Because I'm still mm. UK based and right. you know, that's my mind th- mind mindset. Mm. It's it's difficult. So I feel like in order for you to do that, you need to move back. Mm. Right. I know this is going to be like a, another conversation in tell. It's going to take, we can take 24 hours talking about this. <laughs> yeah. But what do you think should change for Nigerian diaspora to maybe, just maybe, feel like they should visit? I have relatives that I have not, I've never met them before because they're abroad. They, they have no intention of coming back home, you know. So, what should change? What do you think should change? I feel like it's a lot of it is media mm. because in I mean that's that's hard to edit because in the UK mm. the perception of you have two extremes so the general news perception of Nigeria is 
not the Nigeria that you want to be going yeah, back absolutely. home yeah. to see. Yeah. So I remember like when I came for that work experience, I, my brother must have, one of my brothers was, I don't know, like 12. And he asked me things like, do you see lions? Oh, wow. <laughs> and like, what do you, um, what do you say? What, what car, like, how do I get around mm. thinking that we use horses? Or mm. I, I don't know. And that's just the perception that he gets in the media. It's not his fault. It's, that's what the media... Picture the paint of Africa. Exactly. Stuff, yeah. But mm. then, when you have things like Nollywood, which is becoming more and more mm. po- increasingly popular in the UK, that changes your perception a little bit because you then see the 1% of the... the <laughs> and it's not even that it's the nicer part of Nigeria. It's just the Nigeria that the Western world can relate to more. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I understand that part of Nigeria more than I understand the rest mm. because the Western world operates more like that. Right. So I... I feel like Nollywood is helping, in mm. all honesty, because even music. Mm. So, because Afrobeats is so big, in, yeah. like, and obviously I'm speaking from a UK perspective, not necessarily US, mm-hmm. um, is so big in the UK. People are eager to figure out. Okay, cool. Like you see this, you see all these artists coming to the UK and doing enjoyment. Let's let's go back. Mm. So I feel like the more media kind of portrays the Nigeria in a positive light people will want to even if you come back for just December because Mm -hmm. the amount of people that are coming back in December is increasing every Mm -hmm. year Mm -hmm. because you have one friend that's gone they've done up enjoyment and Mm -hmm. they've shown it to everyone Mm -hmm. so you're like okay cool next year I'm I'm going to go next year and that's how it builds Mm -hmm. but that's just coming for enjoyment Mm. not many of those people want to come and stay and I feel like that's that's internal I don't know how you can influence someone that yeah. has a perception true mm. and but even if you have that perception it's not it doesn't necessarily mean okay cool you're saying that it's great but there's many of my friends that are probably more nigerian than i am mm. like but they can't move mm. <laughs> they, can't, they cannot they move. Want to come there's in. no desire they'll come they'll come in december yeah, have fun there's no desire to come and live relocate right mm. But another thing, so for young um, Nigerians and Africans who want to come back, so there's this thing that you talk about xenophobia, which is actually very important now. So what's interesting about xenophobia is it's not just, um, you know, people of, a, of um, a particular country feeling like, oh, some foreigners or some non, you know, some Nigerians or something that come and take our jobs. Sometimes it happens with their own people. Mm-hmm. who've gone to school abroad and I've come back probably with you know better qualifications mm-hmm. and they feel like oh they're coming to take the jobs that we don't even mm-hmm. have because they've gone to better schools and they have better degrees right um, so there's this hostility sometimes uh, even in, in, in the workspace um, so sometimes you also come back and you want to invest and the people in that environment or in that community are just hostile towards you mm-hmm. like yeah so you're better than <laughs> us right you're trying to show us that you're mm-hmm. the one you're the blessed one out of all mm-hmm. of us so um, that could also be a factor how can that be managed like how do we manage hostility because I think it's an African it's not even I think we know it's an African mm-hmm. thing and it's not just West Africa we've seen that we've seen that play out in South Africa we've seen that play out in a whole other places how do we you know manage the relationship you know and have our people see you know others like us you know mm-hmm. not as enemies but as people who are one of us and have come back to help how do mm-hmm. we manage that relationship for you know speedy development as well the thing is Nigeria have a real issue with like perception mm. on the western world because okay. it can be and it depends on the industry so for example in in the banking industry which mm. is predominantly what I am in the fact that I'm 
abroad, the mm. fact that I have a specific title abroad, the fact that I work for a major bank mm. makes me makes people want to speak to me. Mm. So it makes people in that industry feel like, oh my gosh, okay, she's got this different level of which is not even that much more than everyone here, but right. she has this different level of knowledge. Then she has British accent. Mm. Like it just makes me seem more approachable right. in those industries. But then for the people that have grown up here mm. and have studied here and have been seeking this bank job. I've just come yes, flown in. Exactly. I'm telling you, yeah, <laughs> flown into Nigeria and just right. secured just it. it just like that. Like, like that. how? I can see why you'd be hostile. I'd be hostile. Mm. Be like, who do you think you are? Like, <laughs> just because you went to, it wasn't even you that chose to go abroad. It was your parents that mm-hmm, dropped you mm-hmm, there. Do you get? Mm-hmm. So I would be hostile. But I feel like if those same people that are coming back, giving back to the community or mm. helping mm. then it it almost makes it seem like okay you're actually trying right, to so help they see value yeah they mm. see value in these people coming back so for example there's this um one of my friends she uh came back to um nigeria and she started this group called the returnees which is mm, okay. helping people who are trying to go back to um nigeria mm. and um kind of giving them the support that alone makes it seem like you care that you haven't just come to Nigeria mm. to collect your own money right. and surpass all the people that are the I billions and billions of people that are in Nigeria struggling with I this with it. maybe not the same degree but the same level of education mm-hmm. that you have mm-hmm. the only thing you have is potentially a British passport mm. or a, an American passport right. there's no difference mm. like a Nigerian is Niger- as far but again this is my opinion mm. a Nigerian is Nigerian mm. I feel like it's just and the thing is this also exists in the UK mm. by the way it's not just an, a Nigerian thing like mm. there are people but I guess it's more of a status thing where um, but it's it's, it's weird because whereas in Nigeria I feel like I'm I'm treated slightly different mm-hmm. to the Nigerians here mm-hmm. so I'm given a bit more respect yeah. or people think more, a bit more privileged exactly yeah. in the UK it's the opposite because I'm black mm, right. so in the UK I'm given less privileges like I, I've had various instances where I've been paid less than my white counterparts and I found out Crazy. and there's been HR Crazy, issues yeah. there's been times and I'll never forget this that um, one of my there was a role that a family member of mine went for right very qualified and someone said to them that so there's like HR there's um, the two people interviewing and then mm. there's like a director mm. the HR person said to him for this, the purpose of this interview, I really wish you could change your skin colour. What? Because no. you would have got the interview. And oh, that is very, so very hurtful. And it's sub- like Jeez. it's subliminal. So mm. it's not like some of the things, even from my own clients, some mm. of the things you hear, like I remember one of my clients saying to me, um, where are you from? And I said Nigeria. And his response was, oh, I'm so sorry. Mm. And I was like, <laughs> what are you apologising for? he was like you know there's a lot of corruption there mm. I hope you're not going to 419 my account oh. and it's like you're out you're overtly being racist mm. um, and that's just something that I have to take because when I've then reported that mm. the only thing the bank cares about is how much income that client right, is bringing bring to, mm. to the bank mm. so it's so weird that like being British mm. in the in Britain mm as a black person and I'm even a black female I, you know that's like the lowest yes, of the low. I'm, yeah. I'm we, black we and female about, uh-huh. is such a disadvantage and then mm. you come to like Nigeria where it's actually an advantage because you mm. hold this British passport right. but I don't think people understand that thing which is why a lot of people just stick with being in the UK 
dealing with racism, mm. dealing with lack of promotions because yeah, because you're, of your you're just it's something that you can't change. Mm. But you like in Nigeria, you don't understand that mm. because who's racist? <laughs> you might be colorist, you know, you might prefer light skin, yeah. but other than that, like who who is racist? Right. So I feel like people don't understand that, but again, that that comes from experience and from other people kind of speaking mm. about it. So, yeah. mm. okay. so just before we let you go now I, I know you've talked about you know how Nigerians in diaspora need to give back mm. need to give back to their country not just coming back mm. on holidays have fun and go mm. back after just for Desi December exactly <laughs> for the gram that. and pictures and that's it <laughs> what is your idea of giving back true they send money for their families, mm. they buy property, and how does that affect every other person? What What's your idea of giving back to the country? So, giving back doesn't necessarily doesn't have to be monetary. Okay. And I feel like Nigerians. Mm. Have, I mean, it's it's weird because mm. being being in the UK and being in Nigeria, my perception of money is completely different. Mm. Because in the UK, there's a lot of support. Yeah. If you have no money, there'll be the government will help you somewhere yeah, somehow. Mm -hmm. In Nigeria, if you don't have money, you might not eat. Yes, yes. <laughs> so it's it's more like on my mind when I'm in Nigeria as opposed to when I'm in the UK, right? Mm. So it doesn't have to be monetary, monetary. but I feel like a lot mm. of Nigerians appreciate it more if it is. Yes. But <laughs> it could be just so, like I said, like my friend's group, the returnees, mm. like she's supporting p people, not mm. just from abroad people here okay. um, with kind of skills CV skills so I have another friend who mm. um, works in he kind of works here and in the UK but he started this company which I should really know the name of but I can't figure it out off my head but anyway he started this company where he supports people with their CVs he supports mm. them with connections he supports them with networks mm. um, they pay a fee but it's a it's not a it's not a massive is it, is it Dr. Dickboy guy yes oh, no. yes yeah. so he went, went to uni together alright nice um, so stuff like that so for me I see that as giving back because mm. you are you're not just going to Nigeria to you're, you're supporting the people right. in Nigeria who mm. are struggling with Absolutely. the skills they Helping need with expertise as exactly well. right. that they mm. need because and even, to be right, even in the UK cool you learn your degree but mm. you don't learn about life you don't learn like I had the culture shock of my life when I started working mm. because it just wasn't <laughs> what I expected right. so imagine here where you already feel like you're second class because you're not from abroad mm -hmm. so you don't have the opportunities that people from abroad have uh, and then you don't also have that you don't have the work skills mm. and again Nigeria is all about who you know Mm. Everything is who you know. My uncle is Connection. this. My dad is this. <laughs> my I got this job because Rachel <laughs> seems to know all about that. It feels like mm. my dear. Mm. I think it's, but it's that's like just that in the, the UK truth, as well. Mm. But it's just not as it's not as obvious. Yeah. Here, so so yeah. I mean, here, here it gets so bad that you know nepotism tends to be the order of the day. Mm. So there's nothing wrong with referrals are different and saying, okay, um, this person is qualified. I think I know a few people in this industry mm. is fine. But when it turns into a full-blown industry of nepotism <laughs> where before you get any job uh, in any sector or say in the civil service, you, you need must to be able be, nah, to push I think a that, button. That's, yes, mm -hmm. no, I, don't think, I don't think that's right because that way a lot of very qualified and competent people get denied, mm -hmm. which is totally unfair. Mm -hmm. And that's just that some of the things that breed the frustration. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and I feel like the the um, guys in diaspora can help bridge that mm -hmm. gap so that way you have somebody who you know 
put some money in a startup for example mm-hmm. and then it has a bunch of qualified people because it's coming from a different mm-hmm. background it's not like oh you know what just put my cousin even if he doesn't know what he's doing put him there put him there <laughs> pay him now no, that, that's not what it should be so I think these are also some of the ways that um, the Nigerians and that's where I can give back however mm-hmm. though What's the government support like? And I think that that'll be my final question because I know that some people have complained that the monies that they remit um, are not going into the right places. Mm. That's also been a big issue and that has even discouraged some um, Nigerians from giving back or bringing back money. So that's crazy because you have multinationals pulling out saying the environment is not conducive mm-hmm. and you have American or British companies saying you know what we're not going to do mm-hmm. business in Nigeria because it's not safe it's not mm-hmm. conducive then you now have your own people mm-hmm. who have managed to go out and live in Canada or the US or the UK now trying to bring in dollars and pounds and you're still not you know using utilizing the funds right or there's misappropriation and stuff mm-hmm. Like that's it's just ground zero. So <laughs> what's the what's the what's the what's the government support like for Nigerians who is that do you think the government is doing enough to no. encourage you know Nigerians Not to at all. bring money back? Okay. But when it comes to like the government, there's so many things wrong mm. <laughs> there's so many things wrong with the government that right. I don't even feel like that's on their priority list. Mm. And personally I don't actually think it should be on their priority list because there's so many other basic things. Mm. That should be on their priority list that aren't. So it's it's literally at the bottom of the food chain, which is Mm. (laughs) which is hard because it's like I just you know when it's just like I just want to wipe out the whole entire (laughs) and start again. (laughs) Even when so things like NSARS, for example, I personally feel like it was a bigger issue Mm. in the UK Mm. than it was in Nigeria. The diaspora in the UK were so upset mm-hmm. by it. Mm-hmm. Pro- why are you protesting in yeah. London? Actually, People in London that's how care. big it was exactly. Yeah. But they had to. I saw protests in Ireland. I saw protests in America. Mm-hmm. I saw protests in Canada. It was big. They went to like high commissions. This is my point. Yeah, I feel like it was so crazy. much bigger there mm-hmm. than it was. And obviously, like post, even like the shooting post that, mm-hmm. it's still a big. I feel like in Nigeria, it's kind of died down. Mm-hmm. But abroad, it's still like everyone's still kind of preaching NSARS. Yes. So I feel like, cool, you're sitting there in the UK saying, yeah, NSARS, and what are you doing? Mm. What, are you, like, what are you actually doing? Other than, you know, putting up a picture up on Instagram, you're not mm. actually doing anything. And you're not in the country. Mm. So you can't actually do anything. Right. The government is not supporting. But again, mm. like I said, I don't feel like it should even be on their priority list because there's basic things that are not. Mm. But again, it's a mindset thing. You cannot go to Nigeria with... You can't go to Nigeria with the mindset of a Westerner. Mm. You can't do that. Because in the Western world, the government support you everything. Okay. In COVID, they've been giving out money to businesses yes, anyway. Exactly. Do you get? Yeah, but man. you can't come to Nigeria with that mentality. Because mm. that's that when you come to with that mentality, you will be disappointed. Mm. So you need to go to Nigeria. That's why I always say you need to be in Nigeria. Because mm. you need to be there, understand how it operates. Yes. And then bring the ideas that you want to bring because mm. if you're expecting help from the government ah oh, you'll just give up and, <laughs> you'll just give up and go back <laughs> so, right it's right. a mentality thing right mm. fantastic alright I guess we'll have to wrap up this conversation mm-hmm. at this point thank you so much Aisha Dedeji she is uh, a business digital uh, engagement manager I'll be talking on uh, diaspora investment and national development thank you so mm-hmm. much Aisha for doing this with us absolutely great so conversation I myself. yes thank you for coming <laughs> alright and stay here stay here
for the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them. We are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This is Ice-T and Stone Cold Steve Austin, and... We're on a mission to get America to switch to cold water washing with Tide. It saves you energy. And that saves you up to $150 a year on your energy bill. Plus, Tide cleans better in cold than the bargain brand in hot. So what are you waiting for? Turn to cold because Stone Cold said so. Turn to cold with Tide. Energy savings based on average from switching from hot to cold and non-HE machines. Performance based on Tide Power Pods versus leading baking soda packs.